Games Podcast. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will thrive, and you will be rewarded. It's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! That's right. The new year. The future. Yeah, old daddy is fixing to start one more trip round the sun. Everybody hoping this ride round be a little more giddy, a little more gay. Yep, all over town, champagne coaches are popping. Over in the wall, all the big shots is dancing to the strings of Guy Lombardo. Down in Times Square, little folks is watching and waiting for that big ball to drop. They're all trying to catch hold of one moment of time to be able to say, right now, this is it. by then it'll be past. But they all happy. Everybody having a good time. Well, almost everybody. There's a few lost souls floating around out there. Now, if y'all ain't from the city, we got something here called a rat race. Got a way of chewing folks up so that they don't want no celebrating. 
Don't want no cheering up. Don't care nothing about no New Year's. Out of hope, out of rope, out of time. Well, the future, that's something you can't never tell about. But the past, <laughs> that's another story. Gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 375 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Thursday, the night before New Year's Eve, December 30th, 2021, at 6 o'clock in the morning, left coast, Pacific Coast time, coast the most. Crack engineer Ivor Molina is ready to help us. He's holding up the whiskey sign. That's a good idea. It's six in the morning somewhere, isn't it, Ivor? That's right, it is. That's right. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, for once in our lives, we're not doing this show tomorrow on New Year's Eve because after eight years, I'd like to have a New Year's Eve again. <laughs> Just once. Just once. This is our Game of the Year episode where we well Ivor you're fired. Thanks for the whiskey sign though. That's good. It's a good move Ivor. You're fucking fired. Happy New Year. (laughs) Your paycheck yeah. I think I ever paid you. Ah. Mmm. So let's get straight to our top stories. Mm. New Year's Eve. Oh, shit. Again. This is it. The final push. All we have to do is make it through tomorrow. (laughs) We will have successfully time traveled into the future in our own limited human scale way, which is to say via the medium of entropy, but New Year's Eve, fucking hey, god damn it, Harry Reid, uh, John Madden, you know, Bob Duro, Dave Frischberg, well, Bob Duro died a couple of years ago, but Dave Frischberg died this year. I absent, cheers to absent friends, you know, lost loved ones. This is like, this is what I hate about New Year's Eve. I mean, because it's just a date. It's just a number. It's just a number. And with global warming and the indiscriminate um, you know, weather, the, the, the climate changes, that have like warped our weather it's difficult to even seasonally tell but still we have our own circadian rhythms that are keyed to this stupid ball with its with us the hairless monkey overlords cluelessly trying to destroy each other and ourselves at every turn this tiny little ball goes spinning around the sun and around 
around our little solar system, our little corner of the Milky Way, our little, it's not even a corner, our fucking ass end of nowhere of the Milky Way. And we are forced to look back. So, you know, absent friends, lost loves, every, everything just seems to fade away. On New Year's Eve for me, I, 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 you know, it's a relentlessly melancholic kind of snow globe of fucking cloying nostalgia and reminiscence. It's just like it's, it is on we incarnate for me. I've never been good at it. I've never been good at New Year's Eve ever. And, you know, well, we can't ever get back what we had. What we what we had or what we might have had or what we lost over the course of this fucking turgid, endless travail right anymore of a goddamn year. I mean, money, friends, loved ones, 800,000 people, 800,000 United States, our friends and neighbors dead. from this plague that will not end from this plague that anyway, from all that shit to the, you know, the chances we missed and yet the missteps that we took (laughs) Uh, we can't ever get any of it back and that's like the fucked up thing about New Year's it plays on our human time scale and our sense of mortality it is a landmark Every year, as pointless as a metronome, we can't ever get it back. We can't ever take any of those beats back. We can't ever undo what has been done, and we can't ever do what we have left undone. But what we can do tonight, New Year's Eve, happens to be my specialty. Because as, as, as an artist, as anything, as a, even as a critic, my entire life is like lived in retrospect. It's, it's a retrospective. It's like I, I'm living through a real-time parallax view. And that means that we can, however, look back and gaze fondly into the abyss of our year of glorious Linux gaming and then what's that T.S. Eliot quote uh I'm gonna paraphrase here but you know we 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 go out into the world we start up we, we, we start in a place and we feel that we know it but it's only until we've like lost ourselves in the world and found ourselves returning to that place where we originally started that we can see and know it for the first time hindsight the ability to examine is a not entirely uniquely human feature but it is one of the defining one of the most defining aspects of our species and so tonight today, tonight, whenever you happen to be listening to this we're going to look back this year of glorious Linux gaming and we're going to only 
now see this swarm of titles the broad panoply, the scope and sweep in limited slice the stitching all of a sudden I am almost John Malkovich ordering a pizza a pepperoni pizza we can we can now assess the broad scope and the panoply the myriad teeming swarm of games and and moments and 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 stuff from each individual fucking unmitigatedly fucking horrendous day these days but we hung in there and we we made it to we made it to now and so we can now accurately assess every thing in context and from this broad swath of really happy moments the only some of the only happy moments that I, I know that I've I've had all year and I think I speak for a lot of people when I say you know like video games have been so important um in fact, I know this for a fact. For a lot of adults, even 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 people with you know uh, children, who because um, it's just been so stressful, and it just does not end. These two years of uh, of this uh, of of the orange plague, as I like to call it, um, you know, when we've been locked down and quarantined and isolated and travel is impossible and etc and we are so far apart from each other and not just geographically or physically but I mean like in, in the United States we are we are absolutely fucking divided there's you know three. there are three to four out of ten people in this country who really are not dealing with reality they're not they're not playing the same game of baseball that we used to and our democracy is in trouble and peril and strife and global warming and over 800,000 people dead you know it is over fucking whelming and for me at least, and I know for some other people too, um, video games have been this place that you can go to, and it reminds me this is what I really wanted to say this New Year's Eve, before we get to the Game of the Year awards the thing that has been, the thing for me that has been so remarkable if you just think about, you know, we live in the toy aisle here. This is called the Best Links Games Podcast. It's not, you know, blah, but this is, this is, this is, these are the days of our lives. Um, and this, this was one year, another year of this. Um, what the last two years have reminded me so much of in terms of video games in particular have been the feeling that video games used to give me when I was when when both the medium and myself were just post adolescent. I'm talking about 
like when I was six years old, seven or eight years old. Yeah, six years old, seven years old. Um, to like you know, I was twelve. You know, like I, 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 uh, I didn't, I, I, I was super shy and I was afraid of everything because everything hurt me. Um, and I didn't like anything. I didn't like anything in the world at all. I was a feral fucking child. I was like something out of The Witcher. And I was the demon seed. But um, I was just a very, very unhappy kid. And I've grown into, I think I've taken that rough stone and polished it and refined it and turned myself into an incredibly unhappy man. Um, (laughs) An achievement in of itself. Forged by my own hands, myself into misery. But I remember video games being not only just like a, an, a really an escape the likes of which I could not understand its importance. That's how I feel about these last two years, especially in terms of video games which is not good but it's a fact so and I think a lot of I think I think I think other people feel this way as well this is not an in-depth discussion in particular that I've had with many other people but um just in my cursory interactions with people on Discord and, and especially uh, uh, on the DM on Twitter, Steam chats, etc. It does not feel good to feel like you're, you know, 10 years old again with Journey to Silius on a Super NES on a on on not a Super NES, a Nintendo Entertainment System, like the original NES, and thinking, oh my god, this will here I have some power, here I have some sense of agency. Alexa, stop. Sorry about that. Here I have a sense of power, here I have a sense of agency for whatever else may be going on in the world. In, you know, our 10-year-old worlds back then, this would be 1990, so it'd be the, like a year and a half after the original NES came out. This I can control. And this, I might not understand the rules. I might not, the rules might not even make sense. The game might not even be good. But it's the game that we have. And, of course, the games were good. Many times. They were good. And they, they it's depressing that these last two years have, have at least for me, I, I've, I've done my best to fight it. You know, I, 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 I do other things, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's a, you know, it's a, been a good audiobook and a really great video game that is help me, especially during the worst parts, for me, personally and I, I'm sure that for everyone, everyone who's lost somebody every I mean, it's just been it's been a nightmare uh, we 
we all need that sense of agency, that sense of dreaming while we're awake. Um, dreaming a shared dream. It's a it's it's always a form of communication with the developer, and it's such an intimate thing. It, it really is. It, it uh, it's it's the language of dreams. It's the experiential language of dreams. It's this beautiful intersection of art, symbology, the sense of agency, and the ability to fuck shit up. So, in that spirit, we have assessed the broad panoply of every game that we have purchased this year. And we have chosen five. We have selected the best of the of this entire uh what's it? legions uh, we we've selected the very best after making a comprehensive assessment of the legions of games that we've played this year and we have chosen the best 5 and only then seeing them for the first time do we truly know them and throw them into the arena into an all-out drunken blood sport argument death match to choose the one true game of the year to rule them all five will enter only one will win here are our arguments Ivor based them with the feature so now welcome to the game of the best links games podcast game of the year awards uh we have five games that I, I, I have chosen and I'm going to walk you through these selections and I'm going to explain explain and we have two uh, uh, what do you call them uh, runners up, two honorable mentions that were just so good but this ironically turned out to be an amazing year for Linux gaming I mean it's it's as horrible year as it was in every other fucking possible metric. This was an ironic. It was a, a surprisingly very good year. I mean, you know, we had we had all. We we're seeing like the thaw, maybe possibly. I'll believe it when I see it. Of EAC and stuff like that, but we're here to talk brass tacks. We're here to talk about titles, actual fucking. Cash on the barrel head titles. I want games. I don't want promises. So here are five of the best games that I played this year, that came out this year. And uh, of these five, we have to pick one. So first on our list was my initial out of the gate pick for game of the year when I started thinking about this about three weeks ago quite it also is quite possibly one of 
it it's days gone d-a-y-s space g-o-n-e days gone the zombie apocalypse um survival craft em up action motorcycle club gang pacific uh northwest real locale photorealistic um action adventure soul crushing heartbreaking work of staggering genius in terms of what can be done with the medium of the narrative in terms of a video game the voice for everything in this game from the voice act I mean it is even I'm not gonna ruin it but no matter which game wins our game of the best links BLGP's game of the year awards for 2021. Everyone should have to beat Days Gone if you like unbelievable adventure. If you like video games at all, if you like the medium of the video game, if you like um, action, if you like adventure, if you like storytelling in a game, if you like character development, if you like if you like developers who treat the player as being smart enough to understand unbelievably devastating consequences when they befall a character and if you like I do enjoy a very good cry while filled with rage as you fucking chop and blow up and explode and kill and kill and kill and kill zombie hordes that are smart, intelligent, are hunting you um, all wrapped up in this beautiful survival uh, survival setting with um, one of the most one of the most moving uh you know, it's it's manipulative, but it is so moving, and it is so well done, for the most part. Uh, actual stories, it's driven by fantastic voice acting, strong characters, really good characters, fantastic graphics, rigging, animation, and, you know, latest AAA, everything in terms of face, uh, uh, facial rigging and, and, you know, expression capture, um, Days Gone if that's what you like in a game which is you know if, you, if those are things that you don't like in a game then may I show you over here where we have Pong or Galaga which I play every night by the way on the live stream so Days Gone was the first game that jumped straight to, because I haven't cried that much in a video game in forever, and it was like on a constant basis, and the game there's shit that I've seen in that game that I'm pretty sure that you know, like, eh, maybe only 30% of people who've ever played the game have seen, and that are not achievement gets, they are not 
they're just things in the game world that that I've noticed that the attention to detail, it's not just the attention to detail, like I mean this is no longer a technical conversation, that's the thing about Days Gone that made it leap to the front of my mind because it's no longer a technical conversation it's no longer, well you know, are the controls good is, you know, how's the how are the graphics, how's the voice acting how's the script, how's the no, they really just leverage the full fucking power of the medium of the video game in a way that we uh, combined with the, a pretty good illusion of free will um, tells a story that is engaging, exciting, and uh, just uh, you know, it's it's overt. It's not overtly manipulative. it just makes you its bitch it's one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life and it came to Linux this year so that's Days Gone up next we have to talk about Chris Schaefer's wait oh shit I'm drunk am I drunk already what the I have more whiskey I have more you're fired um okay more whiskey double fines sequel to one of the greatest games ever made, Psychonauts. Psychonauts 2 came out this year. And while I, I haven't beaten it yet, and while the game is, it's, it is, the game is phenomenal. The game is phenomenal. The game's phenomenal. Again, just kind of like Days Gone, you will spend a lot of your time in Psychonauts 2. Whether you played the first one or not, it's game does a really good job of it's been 15 fucking years since Psychonauts 1 when Chris Schaefer fucking bet his entire career on for the first time ever independently publishing one game so if I don't make my money back on this I'm leaving the industry and uh, it was a critical darling and I guess he made his money back because Double Fine is only grown influence, reputation, and popularity, uh, and deserve and market reach, and uh, et cetera, and deservedly so over the intervening decade and a half. But Psychonauts is a Psychonauts two is a long time to wait for a sequel. And as much as I loved, and as much as I know that you love the original Psychonauts, because I am the milkman, my milk is delicious. Um the way that Psychonauts 2 brings you up to speed if you're like a me- if, if you're of a certain age such as myself like where 16 years or 15 years or however fucking many go- it's over a decade and a half since, the, since I beat the last game the game does a really good job of bringing you up to speed and making it seem like it's own standalone thing while also reminding you of all of the heartbreaking um I mean it, it's it's again holy shit I, okay we're never saying that on the show again until next episode or maybe the end of this I don't know it, it's Psychonauts redefined what the uh 
demi-isometric, free-roaming camera, third-person, 3D-style, sandbox, RPG action platformer could be. And did so with not just style and a plum, but with like a legitimately brilliant concept that was not fully understand understood by the mainstream audiences of its day. But now it is widely regarded as one of the one of the best games ever made. Um, you take on the role of Rasputin. It's a game about kids. But it's not a game for kids. It's not a game that... There's lots of stuff in Psychonauts 2 in particular that is totally not for kids. I'm not totally not for kids. It it appeals both... It appeals to young and old, but it deals with serious issues in terms of like, you know, there's a great line from Mork and Mindy. Uh, shit. God damn it. Mork is the alien from Orc, and he lives with Mindy in 1981, you know, played brilliantly by Robin Williams. But anyway, and he gives these progress reports back to Orson, his, like, alien overlord, about, like, you know, his understanding of the humans and what it means to be an Earthling. So what it means to be alive. And he says, it's not what's in front of you that holds you back. It's what's inside of you. It gets in your way. I can't remember the exact quote. Paraphrasing again. Psychonauts is very not, very much about that. It's about uh, having a talent, developing that talent, overcoming obstacles, getting another set of eyes on yourself it's really about you know it's it's fucking self actualization one 101 meets jungian fucking you know uh psychoanalyst psychoanalysis meets i am a cartoon character i'm a, i'm i'm a i'm an adorable cartoon character with amazing abilities and incredible platforming uh mechanics um, who is now visiting the interior of your brain and fighting your neuroses trying to unlock you from yourself and stuff it, it's it's the, the original was an amazing game the sequel is not as terse and tight and cleanly structured as the first game, like, I've gotten lost in Psychonauts 2 a lot, which is one of the reasons why, like, it's not one of the most played games, um, but I will go back and beat it. I mean, I beat the shit out of Psychonauts 1, but there's so much shit to do in Psychonauts 2 that it can become overwhelming, um, but the animation and, and the character design, again, and the voice acting, and the script, is hilarious, and it's so incredibly designed. I mean, the, the illusion of free will is so overpowering in Psychonauts 2 that 
you don't even have to suspend disbelief. You just eventually come to understand that the game is like literally giving you free reign. And so even the jump boots and lock door mechanics, some of those, um, all kind of fall away. And the the you're just left with this pure exhilarating challenge that makes you cry every like 10 minutes because it touches on something you know you know fundamental to every human being you know like disappointment or or, you know being being trapped in your own past that doesn't bear any resemblance to the present you know like um post-traumatic stress disorder, how you can make bad (laughs) how emotion can, how, in the immortal words of the right Reverend Raymond Rich, one of my mentors, as the need to believe increases, the ability to tell truth from fiction decreases. So, how emotion and stress can force you into logically, it not to, to make illogical connections between things that do not logically connect and the whole, the game is just all about that type of stuff it's that mental it's fucking mental and then also it plays on um, you know, Campbellian Jungian uh, archetypal personal mythology, collective consciousness all, all that shit it is, it's one of it's, it, that is, Psychonauts 2 is definitely the smartest game of the year that's, that, that's, that's the bottom line so we've done Days Gone Psychonauts 2 where's the carnage I hear you cry well Days Gone is pretty filled with carnage when you're killing hordes of zombies like literally like ah I just killed 500 fucking zombies alone holy shit holy shit I need to like have a shot and like just I need to I, I need to pause the game and just put the controller okay just 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 okay okay that stays gone psychonauts is kind of the platforming version of that in like a dream study course but where's the real just first person shooter carnage that we all crave? Well, part of the problem with making a first person shooter is that there have been several of them made um, to quote, to actually Joseph Campbell quote, my favorite quote in the English language. Furthermore, we have not even to risk the journey alone for the heroes. I'm not reading this. I'm reciting this from memory. Furthermore, we have not not even to risk the journey alone for the heroes of all time have gone before us the labyrinth is thoroughly known we have only to follow the thread of the hero path and where we had thought to find an abomination we shall find a god where we had thought to slay another we shall slay ourselves where we had thought to travel outward we shall come to the center of our own existence and where we had thought to be alone we shall be with all the world so um where where is someone with something new to say about a first person shooter oh if only there had been oh wait 
I have one such offering here, one of the best games of 2021, Severed Steel, which takes the mechanics of shoot diving, uh, uh, of shoot dodging from Max Payne and the slow motion time elements of that, as well as the Matrix, combines it with the parkour and wall running of uh, Mirror's Edge, other games like that chops off one of its arms gives it a Mega Man fucking blaster cannon and you pick up guns with your feet while you're wall running and shooting people in the head effortlessly chaining together these magnificent combos that are like straight out of fucking John Woo like it is the only reason why Severed Steel is not spoiler alert our pick for game of the year and by the way it all wraps it wraps all that up in this phenomenally uh uh innovative not innovative uh phenomenally unique neon disco explodey destructible Tron voxel sea of black, blue, green, etc. Um, it's like Disco Tron God Mode, and it's one of those games where, like, yeah, sure. Oh, and it's 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 big. It's it's long. It's long. It's a single player only first person shooter, but by virtue of being able to control all these time elements and then having all of these abilities, like you can wall run into a dive, you can you can double jump into a wall run, jump off the wall into a dive, into a slide while you kick and shoot in slow motion in first person as you empty your clip and you're sliding by a guy, you reach up and grab his sidearm, and then you jump out of the dive, and you somersault forwards, and flip, and while you're flipping, all you're doing is controlling the camera. So if you hold up while you're jumping, and in slow motion, you can aim backwards, so it's like a true somersault, but everything's upside down. Then land into a slide. Then, yeah. It is just fucking electric sex madness violence. Um, with one of the most fantastic visual, uh, overall visual presentations ever. One of the reasons why this, one of the reasons why uh, Severed Steel did not just run away, because this is one of my, all of these are my favorite games of this year, if you can't tell. But you can't go wrong with any of these. But the reason why Severed Steel is not my game of the year pick or whatever, my my Best Things Games podcast pick for game of the year. You know what? That's a good question. Why isn't it? Partially because the 
it it's supposed to support Steam Workshop content. And it has a built-in level editor, which I've tried, and I, I tried it in Super Beta. Um, but I can't get any of the Steam Workshop content, which would be like new maps, all oh, dozens and dozens and dozens of maps. I can subscribe to them and stuff, but they'd never show up in my game. That, and there's some... There's some bugs... But this game is so complex. The only real thing... I, I can tell you this. I, this is a fucking... As certain as I'm talking to you right now. The number one thing... That would have instantly made... Steel, uh, Severed Steel... My, my pick for game of the year... Would have been if there was a, an ability to see a third person replay from static cameras even just static cameras or even just movable cameras or drop cameras which would be even better the inability to see the replay of the fucking sheer havoc and carnage oh and that's the main conceit of the game whether or not you're slowing down time if you're doing what they call a stunt, wall running, sliding, double jumping, kicking, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you can't be hit. There's like a, a curve. So every move that you make, every move that you chain, every decision, all of this, whether it's in real time, which is just so fast, and you get that good to where you can do it just in real time if you want to or go for precision style points uh, with a little touch of slow-mo here and there or just full slow-mo or whatever there is nothing that can stop you it reminds me of the quote from uh, the uh, A-Team remake movie how did you get these pictures Liam Neeson as a as a BA is like or no, he's not B.A. Uh, he's, um... Oh, Christ. He's Lee Marvin. God damn it. Anyway, he's like... He's in prison. How did you get these intelligence photos smuggled in in prison? You know, we've kept you in prison here. He says... Time. Oh, at a minute, I'm great. At an hour, I am awesome. You gave me six months. And at that range... I am unbeatable. So yeah, bring forth your legions of doomed, doomed, highly motivated henchmen, all of whom are really trying to kill you. Which is great. It's so cool. Keeps you stunting. Keeps you every second of that game is like a, a chess puzzle. It's one of, the, one of those games that's so good. The play mechanics are so intoxicatingly great that you spend like 15, 20 lives on one fucking mission just failing and failing and failing and then you you you, you make it sing and uh, and it's not just like a relief it's just like, let's do that again like even after you beat that mission you want to do it again, and you can and there's lots of good replay value that they've added in uh, post early access, but the lack of a, an ability to see the actual operatic carnage from a third person perspective um, 
prevented steel, uh, Severed Steel from being my pick for the game of the year, actually. It's the exact opposite of Days Gone. There is no turgid, mushy human emotions, no... I mean, there's human emotions, like I'm gonna slide and I'm out of ammo and I just hit your friend in the face with my empty gun, so I'm sliding by you and I will take your sidearm and then I'm jumping forwards, I'm behind you and I'm flipping in the air I'm shooting the guy in front of me and as I flip backwards, I shoot you in the back of the head and then I empty my and then I continue my flip forward continuing you're dead, your friend behind you is dead, and then I before I even hit the ground I have killed two more of your friends on my right and left and now there's a flamethrower so I am jumping into the fire as I kick dive and I'm taking his sidearm and I'm now behind him and I'm still sliding and with my last little bit of momentum I love tap him in the gas tank and it explodes killing everybody else in that room that happens all the fucking time every second of that game controls are great that is severed steel then finally game that came out February of 2021 game that we've covered extensively and have streamed a lot on Twitch and have spent a lot of time in a game made by 12 people. A game with a dreamlike survival craft em up action simplicity Norse mythology procedurally generated single multiplayer solo solo PVE co-op whatever the fuck type of gameplay you want our game of the year is Valheim I know I kind of stepped on it didn't I our game of the year is Valheim um for numerous reasons. One, Valheim was made by 12 people. And I love it. <laughs> I, I mean, I love the game, but I love it when not just okay. Can't remember if it was Aristotle or Plato. There is no art without the resistance of the medium. I love it when a small development team I remember when this game came out in February, it was the ultimate escape for a lot of people um, they charged a fair price for a very good game, and that was, you know, its initial early access release it is matured and matured and matured now they have the Hearth and Home update, all of which are free 
But this game is one of those games that if you did not know that 12 people had made it, you would think that, you know, it was a development team of maybe 250, 300 people. Yeah, maybe 150 people. You would think that it, it was a massive fucking undertaking. It was 12 people. And I remember when this game first came out, I said, man, this game, this new Valheim game, that I just played, and that I, I've been playing for like the last 12 hours, I got 300 hours logged in Valheim this year. And is a candidate for Game of the Year in the Steam Awards, so if you want to vote for Valheim, blah. But it had it had a unique vision, compelling, simple, dreamlike survival, craft them up base building, exploration action in a procedurally generated world, shared for the first time, like, there's one other game that I can think of that, um, you know, is very much like Valheim, that's Minecraft. I love Minecraft, I I don't talk about it on the show that often, but I mean, I, I ran IHC, I built IHC. Valheim is... It's a poem. It's an action poem. It's a it's a Viking ode. It's a Norse god song of thunder and rain and high seas and sea serpents and giant monsters and runes and dragons and electricity and steel and potions and fishing and alchemy and sailing and dying and dying and dying and magic and enchanted items and uh, 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 spirit powers that can be invoked from arcane primeval forces alone or with any of your friends and you can jump into anyone's game and it runs fantastically on Linux and so it is like a paragon of how to make this type of game and how to do it right and I remember the first week it came out I was like man this, this game is going to be the biggest game of you know this might be the fucking sleeper hit of the year is what I said the week it came out and every week every three or four days after that the news feed from Valheim was first day one was like 250,000 fucking people bought the game this is the model that that people need to follow you make a great game you pack it with features you you try to give it some structure, you try to set it right, you do it the best way you can. Wait a minute, was Valheim... Ivor, you're fired! Was Valheim 12 people, or, or, or am I thinking of the Ascent? Shit! Hang on, let me fact-check this. I'm so sorry. My apologies go out to, um... Yeah, Ivor, you're fired! My apologies go out to, uh, Iron Gate, AB, and, uh, Coffee Stain Publishing, because I'm... I was misremembering... It wasn't 12 people, it was 5 people have made this game 
And I, just like Ark Survival Evolved, all, all you know, other games that were independent, Seven Days to Die, initial independent smash hit successes uh, on the uh, on Steam that really brought up the AAA guys, the major conglom coke and huge co fucking uh, multinational uh, telco media conglomerate motherfuckers um, really brought them up short because that was the prevailing wisdom for lots of years and I love it anytime any small developer is like yeah well we, we made this game this year and uh, we're just going to put it on Steam and hope that it you know finds its audience and, you know, we're going to help it, you know, we're, we're, we're keep working on it and stuff, but in early access, you know, fine, it's not, we're going to charge 20 bucks, we're going to charge a fair price for a fucking awesome game. That first week, I can't remember, I think they sold like 100,000 units. That first month, they broke a million. And at, you know, 20 bucks a pop, I think Steam's cut is like 30%. I, I, I'm not sure what Steam's rates are anymore for publishing on the platform for like an, a first title independent developer. But it's, it's, it's like 30 or I think it's 30%. So, but let's say it's 50. Let's just say it's 50. That means, and I, and this is every time you have to remember, and this is what the game of the year is what this podcast is all about year after year, week after week, but you know, every dollar that you spend on media in particular is a vote. It's a vote for, you know, who you want to see more from, who you want to see succeed. And for better part of like two decades the prevailing wisdom in uh, in Silicon Valley video game world land dot com place from the internet was that it was simply not cost effective and prohibitively um it was it, it became a it became a risk averse industry and beyond that it did not want to even back games that were essentially free didn't want to publish games that were essentially uh for them you know like for major you know triple a publishers and developers they're like fuck you guy oh yeah you got a good game wow there's five of you fuck off we've never heard of you you know go piss up a rope. Well, Steam democratized this entire fucking marketplace and it's seriously every year after year I am so grateful to Steam for saving video games. Um, for saving the industry from itself, its own greed, avarice, uh, lust for repetition, for predictable payouts and for a a uh, an industry standard that insulted the very capacity of the medium itself. You can't spit in the well and drink from the water. Um, something like that. I'm mixing many metaphors, I think. Uh, but anyway, Valheim, 
again. And so every year, and it seems like every year, almost every year these days, we have a new fucking title from, you know, it's either one person, five people, 12 people. But that's like the, you know, the idiosphere, that's like the macro fucking view of the shit. The other thing is that Valheim is a magnificent game that des- and so when you see titles that are magnificent games that are unusual from other places, I mean I play and this is what we'll close on as we ring in the new year happy and safe and a healthy uh, holiday to you and yours but really that's what it's all about at the end of the day is every year a success like Valheim every one of those sales over that first month and then I saw the fucking news thing where like we hit one million Vikings I can't remember if that was the first month or the first two weeks or what but I knew the second I played the game I was like oh this game is going to be huge and then I watched their you know I followed their news feed in the Steam store thing so it was like you know their updates were kind of bounced to the top of my my queue every single major uh 250 500 half a million Vikings um made me so happy because let's say Steam takes half of that money which they don't I think it's like it's 30 or 40 percent for like it doesn't matter it does not matter I, I I have not looked at the I've not been trying to finish my own game for a while now I haven't looked at their their uh licensure agreement with uh devs and pubs, but let's say it's you know forty percent. Let's say it's fifty percent. These guys made the best game that they could, they released into early access, and they wanted twenty bucks for it. They still want twenty bucks for it. That's it. Twenty bucks, lifetime up, you know, free updates, you fucking and so they charged a fair price and the game exploded right now through January 5th actually it's 25% off at $14.99 but so what that means is for that first million those first million uh, people who bought the game that's $10 net so we'll chip off another 3 bucks We'll say seven dollars net. So that's seven hundred thousand dollars divided by five. That means every person who worked on this game, hopefully, I mean, the, you know, just like numerically, should have been completely and fully reimbursed for the unbelievable amount of time and effort that goes into making a game this wonderful. Um, and they're still working on it. And they're still making, they're still raking in, raking in the dough, which is great. There, It is not a sin to be successful. 
in the independent, you know, it is the best thing. Um, I love it when great titles like this succeed and renew the wound in the overall AAA uh, game development and publishing industry reminding them from the outside that you know you might have all the money and you might be able to hire as much talent as you want but you're only as good as your ideas and in the world of video games you have to make a good fucking game it's not enough to just brainwash everyone into into buying you know like the next Call of Duty 27 or whatever you know point to point stupider than before you know what I mean it's not enough it's not enough to own your audience that way and in fact it hurts the medium itself it hurts everybody it, it it's like it's like selling cigarettes you know it's like being like fucking Philip Morris and like oh well we don't care if it market straight to kids oh they even have like a little cartoon now oh that's cool in Valheim there's no story in Valheim for me wow they have like a car oh man I love it and they, and they keep fucking pushing out great updates and, and new stuff that's like all just free and integrated into the game 20 bucks that's all they wanted and this is what No Man's Sky should have done I'd keep you know but anyway that's a different story anyway that so to that end best Linux games podcast confers its ultimate highest honor on Valheim which is our game of the year not just because it was an independently developed game but because it is an independently phenomenal game um yes our two runners up will just make this very quick I want to mention The Ascent which was developed by 12 people and has some of the most magnificent graphics um, in terms of like just fucking they went nuts uh, developing the environment for that uh, third person single and multiplayer uh, demi-isometric third person shooter um, also XO1 EXO space O-N-E where you play a ball. That game was made by one guy and it's an excellent game. Um, but there's just, it's not, it was not substantial enough to enter into our top four. I said that we, we had five, but I guess we only had four. Anyway, happy and healthy new year. We've made it. Hopefully. Um, stay safe out there. Get boosted. If you can help to convince someone to get vaccinated, please try. Uh, the, the Omicron is chewing up the United States. It's chewing up the world. Um, we don't know where we're going, but we do know where we've been. Happy and Holy New Year. Everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first.
there is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.